Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm your host, Kemal Javeri. Joining me today is editor Chris Corman, and for the last time, sadly, managing editor Nina Mandel. Hi guys. We're not podcasting tomorrow again. <laughs> we could if you wanted to. Great. Let's just have Nina talk for her entire last like <laughs> 10 hours as For the Win's managing editor. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. To give you a quick rundown on what we're going to be covering on the, po- on the podcast today, we're going to talk about Tom Wilson and his 20-game suspension. We're going to talk about something that I like to call problematic faves, which we'll get into in a bit, and uh, a little bit about the NHL code and how it's rearing its its head now that the NHL season has officially kicked off. But first, uh, Nina Mandel, our managing editor, today is her last day and she is leaving, so I wanted to have her on the podcast for, for one last time. Thanks, Emil. That's really nice of you. So Nina's forced to talk about hockey one last time. All right, let's talk about Tom Wilson because the NHL season has just started and and Tom Wilson got a 20-game suspension for a preseason headshot hit. It wasn't a deliberately intentional headshot, but he did make contact with the head. Yeah, I don't. I mean, he came across the ice uh, against a player. I mean, I, I think as a longtime hockey player and a longtime hockey player who hits people very hard, Tom Wilson knows that he is going very likely going to hit the head in that situation coming Mm -hmm. across the ice like that with a player who doesn't see him coming so I you know I mean we talk so much about intent in NFL hitting hockey hitting but you know Tom Wilson knew what was going to happen there and either way it was going to be a dirty hit right I mean it was a little bit late and he was really just destroying a guy who did not see it coming Yeah, so there's a lot of factors in that hit that they laid out pretty well in the player safety video. One, which is that the player was eligible to be checked in in the middle of the ice and he had possession of the puck. Uh, And it was a little bit late, like he'd just gotten rid of it, you know, got a a shot off on goal. But the key thing that you said is that Wilson has had enough experience to know where he's going to hit the other player. And he had plenty of time to change the direction of his hit, change the angle of his hit, pull back a little bit. and he didn't do any of those things. Right. What are your thoughts on the 20 games? Fair, not fair? I mean, I think that, you know, Tom Wilson is a guy who, like Corman said, we're used to seeing these hits from. And I think if the NHL wanted to send a message, they definitely sent a loud and clear message. You know, Tom Wilson signed a huge contract. He's losing a lot of money. He's losing a lot of time. And what's a pretty important uh, period for the Caps coming off their championship season. So, I mean, it's a message, and I think that it's maybe not a bad one for the NHL to send. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair. The NHL looks a little silly because Wilson had multiple hits last year that they just ignored. I wrote one after he hit. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's talking about, like, it was only 16 games ago that he was— uh, that he was suspended last for a hit. Well, during the the finals, I mean, he lined up Jonathan Marchessault, one of the uh, Golden Knights' best players, right. and just, I mean... Wrecked that guy. Decimated yep. him, you know. And it was a rough... I think it was like a roughing penalty at the time, and there was not even a hearing. And it was just a totally absurd thing for the NHL to not step up then. So, you know, at least now, I, I feel like they know that they have to course correct a little bit. Tom Wilson is a little bit of an outlier now, too. There, it used to be that there were 10 guys like this in the NHL. Yeah. And now the NHL has actually done a pretty decent job of policing itself and not having many guys doing that. The players really have a lot of respect for each other in a lot of cases. I think Tom Wilson is the guy who plays most over the line. There are certainly the the the, the guy who gets paid the most and is the most prominent on his team who plays over the line. You have some fourth line grinders who might 
throw bad hits here and there. But Wilson is that guy. So I think the NHL knew it had to take a stand here. And he doesn't have to be that guy, right? He is a good enough player that he doesn't Should be. need to be. He was a first-round pick. First-round <laughs> yeah. pick. He Well, he plays on the top line, right? right? They've, they've made him a better player. The Capitals have really invested in Tom Wilson so that he does not have to be the kind of player that he was. They needed a big body on the ice. That is the role that Tom Wilson fills. But he also has a lot of speed. He also has a lot of skill, creates a lot of space for, for his line mates. And he has value just in that. Right. So he's really like shifted from from what they needed to what he is now. So he doesn't have to be this player anymore. Right. You brought up an interesting point that I want to go to, which is that players have a lot of respect for each other. What do you think? How do you think players feel about Tom Wilson? I think the players in the Capitals love him. Well, <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> because, they're not happy with right. that suspension. Yeah, I mean, like I told you last night, you know, so last night Lars Eller scores, was it the seventh goal? The seventh and final goal in Washington's 7 nothing win over uh, Boston? Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and uh, Brad Martian, like the next shift, I think, just skates over to Lars Eller and beats him up. I mean, yeah. Lars Eller was left bloodied. And, like, that does not happen if Tom Wilson's in the lineup. Right. And it, it won't happen again <laughs> when Tom Wilson gets back. So, uh, but, but I think other players are probably, you know, do not appreciate Tom Wilson <laughs> playing the way he plays. I mean, they... They have children, you know, like they want futures. They, you know, they, they think about these big things. There was, I, I can't remember if it was ESPN or SI, somebody did the, uh, you know, the anonymous, what do players think? And a lot of them are worried about concussions. The, yeah. I mean, the, the NHL is, is probably ahead of that with former players coming out and saying, mm-hmm. I mean, Eric Lindros called for banning checking mm-hmm. uh, at the NHL level. He sort of backed off, but. I mean, players are thinking in a very real way about this because you don't have to check in hockey, right? You have to tackle in football. But checking is sort of an accessory to hockey. Yeah, and it's something that they've moved away from. I Again, Tom Wilson is a player, apparently, that if he's on your team, you're going to love him. Right. And like you said, Nina, the Capitals were all vehemently against the 20-game suspension, as you expect they would be. Right. But one thing that I find interesting about the Tom Wilson situation is like the NHL code, right, that we talked about earlier. Like you just said, you don't mess with players on the Capitals because Tom Wilson is there. And that's part of that NHL code. The part of the code that says uh, that you don't celebrate after scoring 7-0 on the team. That's why Lars Eller got got beat up on the ice. Uh, Uh, also, the same code that says Patrick Line is not allowed to make fun of the Canucks for for banning Fortnite, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, I mean that's hockey. <laughs> you know, they, there's this very weird code. You you never shoot the puck in the net with, after after the whistle goes. You know that will get you beat up, which <laughs> just seems like I don't. I mean, we should we should have Ted on sometime to figure out whether hockey or baseball has the worst you know player unspoken player code so what do you think about the mlb code you said earlier that it was going away well we wrote that post about the fact that mlb itself put out a, an ad saying let let the kids play i mean basically refuting the sort of silent code that has existed which is uh, what no bat flips right no bat flips no ostentatious celebrating you know don't wear your hat backward i mean it goes it was a smart thing for mlb to have ken griffey jr because he was really the guy I mean, that's one of my earliest sports memories is him 
me watching him and being like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. And mm -hmm. then everyone being like, grumble, grumble, grumble. Uh, we don't like this person. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, it never made any sense to me that you weren't allowed to look like you were having fun while you were playing. <laughs> how dare you have fun <laughs> how playing dare, sports? Very serious how game. dare you? So, so back to Tom Wilson for a second. We want to talk about what I think of as Tom Wilson as a Capitals player. And a lot of people have come out wanting to be very defensive about that suspension is that Tom Wilson to me is like the ideal of what you call a problematic fave. And I think Nina, you were confused about what that means. I was, I don't know what you guys ever talk <laughs> about. And this is just my last experience of just like staring at you and nodding. Well, didn't you mention something like with golden girl? What, no, what was not it? Gossip girl. Oh, gossip girl. And then Hamilton hasn't watched gossip girl. So I don't even know if my example is correct. <laughs> so now I'm going to have to listen to this Tom Wilson thing and try to figure out what you guys are talking about all once right. again. <laughs> all right. All right. So backtrack. So problematic fave is like a, is a term that gets used a lot in TV and uh, fan culture to represent loving something that still has a lot of flaws. So problematic fave is you said you wanted to use the example of Chuck Bass and in, in Gas Gossip, Gossip Girl, Girl. <laughs> which neither of you know. What I'm, I'm I've never about. seen that show. So I'm looking forward to the tweets of people ridiculing me for this if I'm wrong. But yes. <laughs> well, so Tom Wilson is a really great example, like a lot of like a lot of sports, in fact, is that you can be a fan, right? You can be a Capitals fan. You can appreciate what Tom Wilson brings to the team while still acknowledging that he makes some really bad decisions. Like he got suspended three times last year. Uh, like you said, it's been 16 games between suspensions. Like that's not good. I feel like people should be able to say like, yeah, I like Tom Wilson. He plays on my team. And I support that, but I also think he needs to cut out the headshots. Right. Yeah. And that's a very hard concept for people to, to, to get around. Which is weird because I think that if there's one thing that we've learned, I think, over the years, it's that people, especially athletes and the way they play their game, are complicated, right? Yeah. And so I think that there's no way to be like, I love your game, but I hate this part of it. Like you, like you said, I, I just think that, it, you know, saying that you don't love Tom Wilson because of this thing is like... Not really accepting that Tom Wilson is a person and not just some robot we put out there to play hockey. Yeah, it's really, it does Tom Wilson a disservice too to, to be able to be like, you know what, you need to work on this one thing, dude. Here's the question. Do the Capitals win the Stanley Cup last year if Tom Wilson plays the way that we're saying he should play? And it's a hypothetical that we don't know the answer to, but that's I think that's sort a of... good question. Um, I think they do. I think they do because they didn't win because of Tom Wilson's heavy hits. You know what I mean? They didn't win. He scored a couple of clutch goals. Right. His play on the ice was physical and exactly what they needed, but they still managed to find a way right. if if he scales it back a bit. I think hockey players would say that, you know, his he's causing the other team to hesitate and they're not playing quite the same speed or they're always looking over their shoulder when he's on the ice. You know, the, I, there are plenty of hockey people who would argue that the way Tom Wilson plays is essential to Tom Wilson being an effective player. Right. But uh, you're saying that he, that he, just him being on the ice is a deterrent. Yeah. Yeah. And and the fact that he will do this, that he's going to cross the line. You know, if you're on the ice with players who probably aren't, who, who have put together a, a career of not knocking people out mm -hmm. <laughs> when they're not looking. Mm -hmm. And then there is a guy doing that. Mm -hmm. You're obviously playing differently when you're on the ice. I mean, so yeah. I, I think that's that's the thing, you know, and, and as a, a Caps fan, you'd make that trade, right? Like, oh, Tom Wilson's a bad dude. I got a Stanley Cup, you know? like, <laughs> I, And that's the problem is like, oh, it's so easy to forget about the, the headshots and stuff like that when you're watching them celebrate and do keg stands in, in the fountain in D.C. and stuff like right. that. 
I'm saying that you can enjoy all of that and still hold the other half up to say that Tom Wilson needs to needs to clean up his game. Yeah. I think in sports, I feel like there's pr- almost every athlete to a degree can be can fall into this bucket. Brad Marchand, like uh, yeah, he, that guy's got a reputation. Right. He's totally weird, but I'm sure people in Boston love him. Of course they do. Um, no, I mean, I think every team has that guy. You know, we always like, oh, the player that other teams love to hate, but you love to have him on your team. Um, anyway, which sucks. Uh, but Nina, it is your last podcast appearance. So it is. Before you head out, uh, what are some of the favorite stories that you've worked on? Yes. One. So all of them. Everything <laughs> we've written here. Of yes, them they are all here. my favorite children. No, I mean, I think that the best part about For the Win is everyone here is so, so talented. So when people ask me about my favorite stories, I just kind of freeze up because we We'll just pick something you wrote. Um, so my favorite story that I wrote, because let's talk about me, is uh, I got to go hang out with Tim Shaw, who is a retired NFL player who was diagnosed with ALS um, in his early 30s. And Chris Corman did an amazing job of editing it. Um, I sent him this I came back from Nashville and sent him like 2,000 words of jumble because it was, you know, it was like an emotional story. And I was like, I mean, you had all done on the plane. And I think it was nonsense. Um, and then Corman made it into a very good, <laughs> a readable story. But Tim, you know, I think is one of those guys who is put in a terrible situation and is doing everything that he can to make the best of it and to help make the world a better place and a brighter place um, before he can't do that anymore. And so that was definitely my favorite story. And that's a guy I will always be rooting for. Yeah. That story crushed me. Gosh, I, I went to college with Tim Shaw. I mean, I remember, Did writing, you? I, I remember writing about him as like a recruit and Penn state took him out of Michigan. He was one of the best players in Michigan, which back then Penn state never got guys away from Michigan. And, and he looked really good. You know, we, we would watch him in, you know, scrimmages or whatever and he just looked faster and better and you know i just remember him being so strong just you know it's just such a physical presence and then i knew he had an nfl career and then nina said she was going to go hang out with him and this the the words she sent me uh i mean it probably took me a long time to edit because i like i read through it a couple times and i was just gutted like i could not i could not do it so yeah that's that was a great story Thanks. That being said, Tim would hate, I think, us sitting around here, like, talking about how sad it is because he really does, like, he does more he's, stuff than I do He's every probably day. golfing right yeah, now, Yeah, he's right? probably like golfing. He's, he's probably at Titans practice. Like, yeah. you know, he does. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, my favorite story that we all did, though, was there was one day when we all tried athletes' diets and we all failed, except for <laughs> Nate Scott, who picked a race car driver, so just ate, like, potato chips for a day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that story. We did probably one of the silliest stories we did was we tried athlete diets, and I tried to be vegan and I didn't even make it to a day. I was like, yeah, you know what? I need cream in my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I tried an Olympic wrestler and it was like right before the Olympics and I lasted like two hours and I tried to email his publicist and she was like, "Uh," like they're super nice about it, but they were like, well, he's like on his way to the Olympics. So can he get back? And I was like, great. That's why he's in the Olympics. I'm like, <laughs> just sitting here. Uh, well, you can see all of those stories on For the Win. Nina, it's been incredible having you as our managing editor. We're going to miss you a lot. Uh, I'm going to miss you guys. I know. Don't cry. So no cry. I'm totally going to start crying. First crying on the For the Win podcast. First, but not last. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. This has been great.